right, welcome everyone. This is the first episode of HP Hoops. Here I'm Jack Hobson. I'm here with Adam Pollard. How are you doing, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, so we just wanted to start this off. Uh, both big college basketball fans, so uh, just wanted to do something, get these thoughts that we have all the time out in the public. Ten or dozens of ears to listen to, but uh, Ab- absolutely, man. I mean, it's just something you know. You always want to, you always enjoy talking about the things you love, and that's 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 college basketball for us. Couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, should we just jump right into it? Absolutely, go ahead. All right. Uh, first topic, we're gonna go with our two favorite teams. Uh, me personally, Illinois. You with Duke. Absolutely. Uh, let's start off with Duke. What What do you got? What do you have for us being a Duke homer? Okay, so you know, obviously, it's no surprise. It's no, you know, no new news that it's it's on to a new era in Duke basketball. You know, Coach K is out. It's the John Shire era now. They're you know they're eighteen six, six in the ACC. Personally, I think that could be a lot better. Um, by all means, I don't think this team is is up to any Duke standards that you know have been set in the past the past years. But um, I don't think this is a bad team, and I think I think they're they're much be- better than their record shows. You know, they don't have, they don't have a bad record, yeah, but I do yeah. think they're much better. Yeah, and honestly, looking at the rest of their schedule, uh, I have it right here. Uh, but I was looking at what you guys got left for the rest of this year, and it's not impossible for you guys to jump back in to getting a double bye for the ACC tournament. I would agree, yeah. I mean, you got – then you got three straight home games with Louisville, which should be a guaranteed win. Yeah, Virginia hopefully. Tech, which should be a win. And, and Virginia, State, the Virginia Tech game uh, – sorry to talk over there, but the Virginia Tech game last time we played them – uh, was a little bit of a bond burn. It was a close one. Uh, we took the loss, unfortunately, by three, 78-75. But I think that is a beatable team. I do think Virginia Tech is a good team with Hunter Couture. Um, but I think that could be a win. Yeah, like you said, the NC State game, that'll be a, that'll be a tough one. But, uh, you know, by all means, I'm not going to count out my Blue Devils. And then, you know, we go at UNC, which – Obviously, that's that's going to be a close game no matter what anyone's record is. Yeah, exactly. So, looking at the ACC standings, you are uh, two games back at Clemson for the fourth fourth spot, uh, fourth seed in the ACC, and uh, you do not have the tiebreaker against Clemson. So, it it is kind of an uphill battle. But yeah, I mean, I would agree. It's not impossible for you guys to get back into a, a top four, get that double buy, and then with that, you guys could probably get what maybe like a like a six, five or six seed, maybe sneak up into there, something around there, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I you got Filipowski, who exactly is one of the best freshmen outside of Brandon Miller, and, and that was that was my main my one of my main to- uh, talking points about this Blue Devil team is I I think. 
Kyle Filipowski saves this team. I mean, he's averaging 15 points a game, nine rebounds, 1.4 assists, and on on 42.6 percent field goal. And yeah. and I I will be 100 percent honest. You know, with all listeners, uh, beginning of the season, the first Blue Devil game that I watched, I before tip off, I you know was watching and you know just me being around everything. But I said I I go I don't think Filipowski is going to be going to be a good fit for this team and to and you know I don't I don't think he's going to produce well on this team and and boy was I wrong I was one hundred percent wrong you know hey hand up me I was one hundred percent wrong but there's I mean he's he's just absolutely incredible um you know he's been you know ACC freshman of the week just about every single week this this season and he i think truly is what is carrying this blue double team yeah i mean he, he had a had a bit of a uh rough one against miami a rough one against uva but uh yes mm-hmm. i mean what he's he's averaging what do you say like 15 a game i think 15 points per game nine rebounds almost averaging a double double he's had a double double you know I would say I would honestly say at least half the games, even though he's no not averaging the nine rebounds a game. But I, the games I've watched, I feel like he's had at least a double double in, in a majority of those games. Yeah, I mean, looking at his last last couple, he's got twenty two last night against Notre Dame. Then, like I said, those two kind of stinkers against UVA and Miami, but then. 14, 16, 18, 29. Like, he's been in double digits just about every game almost since uh, conference play started. Yeah. So, I, I feel like he's kind of – if he keeps playing like he's playing, like he has been, you guys got a chance to make kind of a sneaky run, almost a little bit similar to Carolina last year. Probably not yeah. quite no, as sneaky, I, I could but... see it. I think there's 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 some obviously some you know differences in that Carolina team versus this team and you know that's just the 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 ages you know the veteran leadership we I mean Jeremy Roach is a great point guard um and uh, but you know that Carolina team yeah they had those those veteran guys that that kind of knew in a way you know just the just the vibes in March if to for lack of a better term you know yeah. Yeah, um, I, I know what you're talking about. Another another point I had, uh, Tyrese Proctor. Another thing, um, once again, hand up me. I I have made a couple tweets about him. Um, <laughs> about I wasn't. I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, and I believe I speak for Blue Devil Nation. You know, in the the first at least half of the season, he wasn't too good. It was, you know, just kind of careless turnovers. I mean, I think he, he, I would, he didn't shoot very well. He just missed layups. He took some bad threes, but he has slow. He has just surged into uh, the role of that lead ball handler, and I think it has it has allowed Jeremy Roach to play more off the ball, and uh, it forces teams to, you know, to pick, you know. Who who are we gonna guard this game? You know, if you're who you're gonna put your best on ball defender on this game, and uh, that allows the other guy to open up. I mean, he had some big games against Miami. He played well against Virginia, UNC. You know, he had those good games, and I think that's, uh, you know, opened up Jimmy Roach as well, and that's helped out this Blue Devil team. Yeah, I think 
and like kind of like you were saying, uh, if Jeremy Roach can play good, I feel like you guys could be pretty pretty good in March. Yeah, uh, and, and he has that March that March you know veteran leadership that 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 teams need now. You know, and uh, hate to interrupt the Duke talk, but uh, I don't know if you're watching this, but Northwestern just uh, beat IU on a boo booey floater with about two seconds left. I was watching the game. I'm not currently, but Boo Booey, how about that? We'll, we'll talk about Northwestern in a little bit when we talk about the Big Ten. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe now let's transition to Illinois. Absolutely, yeah. My team, uh, speaking of stinkers like Kyle Filipowski, with his, some of his last couple of games, the game against Penn State last night was just – brutal it was a tough one uh but i mean like i'm not i'm not terribly concerned about that uh i mean i would i wouldn't either yeah you got Jalen pickett who i think is one of the most underrated players in the country to be honest he had what like 40 last night i think 41 he had 41 points on 15 of 20 field goals yeah right that's that's you don't see that very much in a college basketball game that's more of an nba stat line and especially, like, the shots he was taking, uh, he took a ton of twos, which I think, I assume, that's how it's been for us all year, is what we wanted him to do. And, I mean, he was just hitting turnaround fadeaways, pull-up jumpers, like, just everything was going for him. Mm-hmm. And several other guys for Penn State. So, like I said, not really concerned about that. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. Illinois won eight of the last 11, have lost two of the last three, but Two of those were on the road to good teams in yeah. Iowa and Penn State. Tough, so. A tough road stretch, yeah. Yeah, but then another tough road game this weekend, and we'll touch on that maybe a little bit at the end with uh, looking at a preview of the weekend. But we got IU on Saturday. Uh, IU is also kind of interesting. With I feel like when they're at home, they almost feel like they're unbeatable, and then they're on the road and. Everything just goes to hell. Yeah, exactly. Just I mean, just like that Northwestern game that just went just went final. I mean, they yeah. they were down big for a majority of that game. Yeah, like I turned it on after I got home from the Bulls game tonight, and uh, it was like forty nine thirty four, I think. And like they did come back, but uh, obviously taking taking the loss to Northwestern, and then Northwestern has now. In back-to-back games, beat IU and Purdue. So yeah, I mean, who knows what's going on with them? They've they've been. Uh, I got actually have a buddy who's a Northwestern fan, and his expectations at the beginning of the year were like, we lost our two best players and Pete Nance and Brian Young to yep. Carolina and Duke, respectively. Carolina and Duke, yep. And then now they're like, I mean, you they'll probably be ranked on Monday. Like, I, I could, yeah, very well see that. I mean, like like you said, we'll get to the Big Ten later, but I do have them as one of my teams from the Big Ten going into the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, they they almost have to be. Uh, well, I'll just wrap up real quick on Illinois, and then I, I, I have on. one thing to say about Illinois, and then I will I will pass to you. It's it is a small thing, but in a way, is a very large thing, and that is I'm a huge Dane Danger fan. I put that on record. <laughs> 
I don't even like know what to even say about Dane. Like he has made a much bigger impact than I ever would have thought. I mean, there was rumors like that I read on like the message boards and stuff that he was giving Kofi fits last year in practice all the time. And I was, was like, he really? I was like, there, there's no I way. I mean, that. he is a monster, and uh, I can't remember what game I was watching. Um, I mean, you probably remember it most, but it was an Illinois game at home. I, it may, it may have been, you know, a couple weeks ago, but he just took over. I mean, there was a, like, strand of, like, four or five minutes where it was just pound the ball in Dane Danger and let him go, and that was it. And it was like watching old-school Kofi. Yeah, and the, and the thing about him, too, is, uh, like, he's obviously not – like, he's almost just as physical as Kofi, not quite, but his, like, I guess – for lack of a better term, like finesse around the rim and yeah. his like handle of the ball and uh, just the, like his footwork is absurd. Uh, he, you get someone on his back and he can go either shoulder mm-hmm. and run pretty well. I'm trying to – now that you mentioned that, I'm trying to think what game – maybe the Michigan State game from a couple weeks ago. That game. Uh on 8-12 shooting. But, yeah, he's been a huge bright spot for Illinois that I think we were kind of – I mean, he didn't even start at the beginning of the year. We went yeah. small with Coleman at the five. Yeah. Uh, which I do want – one thing I do want to say about Coleman is that it can be – he can be very frustrating sometimes, but I think people do not give him some of the credit that he deserves – for how good of a defender he is, how he kind of, especially since Sky Clark has been gone, he has been the main like facilitator. And that, and that was one of my my points for Illinois is like how how they have adapted from the Sky Clark absence. Yeah, Which, I mean, know, that... most teams, you know, they they kind of struggle when you have your starting point guard, you know, just you know leave. But I think you know, you know, there's been some challenges, but like you said, they won eight of the last eleven, like. There's really no no trouble here. Yeah, exactly. And then, I mean, you got uh, you got obviously a tough one with uh, IU coming up next. Uh, but then Minnesota should be a win. Northwestern at home, you'd like to think that would be a win. Yeah, you'd like to think, yeah. Ohio State and Michigan probably probably both should be wins. Ohio State is just not that good. Play. Uh, but I think this team could definitely – I mean, the Big Ten is just absurd right now. Like, And like I said, we, we can get to this in a, in a minute, but the Big Ten is just crazy. But uh, how about uh, – do you want to move on to Selection Sunday being pretty close up? I mean, it it came up out of nowhere, I feel like. Yeah, it, it has <laughs> come up out of nowhere, and I – I have this written down, you know, from our from our good friend Joe Lenardi. Um, I have his I have his bubble teams here, and I would like to you know just get your thoughts on them real quick. Um, well, first we'll we'll go with the uh, the last four buys. So he has West Virginia, Auburn, Boise State, and Memphis. Wait, what, say those again. West West Virginia. West Virginia, Auburn, Boise State, and Memphis. Boise State and Memphis. Um, I mean, West Virginia obviously is in 
the toughest league in the country with the Big 12. I think that gives them a lot of credit. They got uh, they've had picked up a couple pretty good wins so far in uh, in conference play with uh, like Iowa State at home. Uh, uh, they got the SEC game against Auburn. I I just kind of I mean they struggled a lot at the beginning of conference play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and, I mean, every night in the Big 12 is going to be a tough game. So, yeah. it's, uh, that's where yeah, – it's, it's, it's just one of those conferences, you know, it's like Big 10. You know, every – you know, you have the best team and the worst team play each other, it's going to be a battle still. So. Yeah. But, uh, like, let's see, what, 15 and 11 right now? I mean, and they're – like, I'm looking at their Ken Palm right now, and, like – could you ever imagine a team being 15 and 11 and being ranked 21st in Ken Palm? Like that just got kind of served the big 12 is this year. Yeah. It's, but, it's, it's different, but it's, it's still, it's still the big 12, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like, obviously even without looking at their schedule, you got to know that the rest of their schedule is going to be pretty tough, but I think let's, I'm looking at it right now. They got, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State at home, and then they take trips to uh, trips to Kansas and Iowa State, and then wrap up with K State at home. So you'd like to think they're probably gonna win four out of five of those to stay in the bubble, which is going to be pretty impossible almost, but. I mean, like we've kind of said, and in the Big 12, like anything is possible, really, with how crazy these teams can be. I mean, uh, I really like uh, Joe Toussaint, the Iowa transfer. He's been playing a lot better, I think, than he played at Iowa. I mean, still not quite as good of quite where you want him to be for a shooter, but I mean, he kind of controls the game. Uh, good assist to turnover ratio, stuff like that. I mean, he really is just, like, very good at uh, keeping everything in check for them. But, uh, like I said, pretty much you can only – if you're West Virginia and you want to make the tournament, you can pretty much only afford to lose to Kansas at this point. Auburn has kind of been like a – I mean, they obviously don't have – some of the players that they did in the past with, uh, like, Jabari Smith. Yeah, and, and they and they lost – in the draft with like Walker Kessler, like you said, Barry Smith. Yeah, I mean, they still got uh, Wendell Green, who is kind of like I remember, especially from last year, where it's just like uh, just takes some kind of absurd shots sometimes. Almost kind of reminds me of Kirk Carissa a little bit. Kirk Carissa, uh, yeah. But I mean, like looking at their schedule, they wrap up the year. Their last two games are Alabama and Tennessee. So, I mean, those are two huge opportunities. And, and speaking of Alabama there. and Tennessee real quick, did you see that Tennessee beat them? Alabama. Yeah. I did see that. Uh, 58-59. Victoria. Come, coming back after a tough, tough week. Yes. Two one-point losses on buzzer beater threes. The, the Missouri Missouri's got a good team. That one, like, isn't terrible. It was at home, but still, Missouri Missouri's got a good ball club. Exactly. But, 
the Vandy one is the one where like you you gotta win that game if yeah. you're if you're Tennessee. But I mean, I think they're definitely in contention to sneak into a two seed still. I uh, probably probably out of the one seed race, but I mean, may, maybe you could sneak into a one seed. I mean, there's still. We got two and a half weeks left. And, yeah, you know, there's uh, there's realistically still a lot of time. You know, you still have conference tournaments to deal with, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, their schedule isn't too tough either uh, coming up after this. I mean, Auburn on the road will be tough. Arkansas will be kind of tough. But you got South Carolina in there to kind of give you a little free game a little bit. But, uh, uh, I mean, I guess – my question to you, if you had to pick, if you were the selection committee today, and this kind of goes, I kind of wanted to talk about, uh, uh, like, who you're confident in winning a national title right now. So, like, it kind of goes along with that. Like, who would your four number one seeds be right now? So, I actually had that written down from uh, from from our good friend, you know, Joe Nardi as well. So, right now, he has the one seeds as – Alabama as the number one overall seed. Then he has Purdue, Kansas, and Houston. And I mean, realistically, like at this moment, I don't know if you can put another team in there. It could throw like an Arizona in there as a one, but to me, I I think that what he has right now as those four number ones is is pretty accurate. I don't think. You know, obviously, Iowa's going to be one. Purdue's going to be one. You know, Kansas is playing well. Then, you know, you got the Cougars of Houston. I really don't see another team that that can, you know, just put one of those teams out at the moment. Yeah, and I – that was kind of what I'm, like, kind of going back to that question. Like, who are you confident in winning the national title? Right now, for me, I feel confident in Kansas. Yeah, and, I, I can see that. that Jalen Wilson is very, very good. Yeah, that honestly, like, after Kansas, for me at least, there's kind of a drop-off. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, like, and, like, even Kansas, I'm not that confident. Like, I think this is going to be an absurd tournament, and I would yeah. not be surprised if you see one or even maybe two one seeds not make it out of the first weekend. Mm-hmm. But, I, I could see it as well. I mean – do do you think that Alabama losing tonight to Tennessee knocks them out of that that number one overall seed, or is that something that you know they've they've played well enough, they've shown what they do, um, or maybe for the lack of you know the other team just don't have the the res to jump up to that number one over, overall seed, or do you, know, do you think Bama stays there? I think losing to Tennessee on the road. It's not that bad I mean, of a loss. You know, Tennessee yeah. is the 10th-ranked team in the nation. You know, obviously, like, like we talked about, you know, Tennessee does have some some losses that are like, okay, you know, what are we doing here? But, yeah, I, I, Alabama is, is a good team. And, I mean, maybe you could throw Purdue in there. But, you know, once again, you know, they have some of those, like, little here and there losses. But That's, that, that, that's a team that – and I – I'm trying to put away my Illinois Homer hat on yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And, but, like, I just, like, I I know you got Zach Eady, and I know you got, for being freshman guards, pretty good 
guards and lawyer and Smith. But I just like, I don't know. I just don't feel confident about them in the tournament. Like, if you told me that uh, Purdue gets, like, say, Carolina or something as an eight seed, like, I would not be surprised one bit if Carolina beat them or a number of other eight seeds. I would agree. And, I mean, for speaking of Carolina, so right now Leonardi has them as, as the last last four in. Um, and and UNC right now is, is kind of in the same boat as Kentucky. You know, you have two blue bloods that are they're – not, they're not doing too well. You know, and UNC started out as the number one team in the nation – you know, coming off that 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 run to the national title, losing to Kansas in the national championship, but do you do you think the Tar Heels are in trouble, and or and and Kentucky? Do you think Kentucky's in trouble? I'll start with Carolina. Um, I was never not not to say I wasn't big on them at the beginning of the year, but I thought them being the number one team in the country was a very big over-exaggeration, yeah. I guess. But, uh, I mean, like, obviously they went on a run last year, but, I mean, the, the team was still an eight seed. Like, they yeah. just kind of got hot at the right time. Exactly. Like, and I'm not saying they're a bad team. Like, they're a decent team. I mean, they've obviously had some head-scratcher losses a little bit. But, uh, I mean, they got a couple quad one opportunities left probably with – at NC State and home versus Virginia, probably probably need to get at least one of those to feel really confident about being in. Uh, but I mean, I feel like also this this team kind of shows, uh, I guess maybe a lack of appreciation last year for Brady Manick because I feel yeah. like you don't really realize it, but not, until now that he it seems like he kind of held everything together a little bit. 100%. He he was that guy that, you know, allowed them to space the floor even more. And, you know, so Carolina's 16-10 and 10 right now. They're ninth in the ACC, so not the best. But, I mean, they were, that's kind of how they were last year. You know, they, they did snag that eight seed, but I don't I don't recall them having, you know, you know, being ninth in the ACC last year, obviously. Um, but like this, this is kind of the way that their season started in a way last year. And like you said, they just got kind of hot at the right time. But I mean, uh, to, for them in the, in the, in the Duke game, um, I, I think so that they played very well in the first half, you know, it was neck and neck. I think Duke was up maybe three points, two points. Less than five points. But the second half, Armando Baycott just got taken out of that game. I mean, Derek Lively played one of the best games. He's probably the best game to ever play as Blue Devil. I mean, he had eight blocks, which was the most by a player in a UNC by, – mo- most by a Duke player in, in uh, the Duke-UNC rivalry. Yes. And that kind of took Baycott out of the game. And I just feel like their offense just kind of – it just it just looks stagnant. Caleb Love was kind of taking some of those those deep threes, and he wasn't. Yeah. Getting but yeah, I was just about to say that it kind of I feel like when when they don't get it into Baycott and kind of flow yeah. out of that, it turns into a Caleb 
this Chuck Fest a little bit. Yeah. And and Baycott played played well. I mean, I'm not a Baycott fan by any means, obviously because I'm a Duke fan. But he played very well. I mean, I I think he almost had like I think he had like eight and six in like the first twelve minutes of the game. You know, it's like and yeah. then they just I feel like it's it's just like one of those things that if, if you just take this piece away, it just kinda crumbles away. Yeah. Not to say they crumbled, but it's just you know, that everything is, everything changes a lot. Exactly. Yes, exactly. And that yeah. just kinda took a turn for the worst on them, you know. But yeah. but uh so Kentucky, what are your thoughts on them? You know, so they're they're sixteen and nine right now, fifth in the SEC, which for them, you know, for all the you know, the talk about Kentucky this year, being fifth in the SEC isn't 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 too bad for for I for how well they have or how you know how they haven't lived, lived up to the expectations of a Kentucky basketball team, you know? Yeah. But um, I just, you know, they got a tough stretch coming up. I mean, their, their last very, five games very. at Mississippi State, they got to go. They got to go well, at home they, versus Tennessee. They won they that go. Mississippi State game tonight. They, that one they did? Okay. Yeah. They did. Okay. Yeah, I had, that, I, uh, I had that written down. I did not realize that was tonight, but hey, hand up. That's my bad. <laughs> So, but they still, you know, still that they have a tough stretch coming up. Yeah, uh, you know, they got they got at home versus Tennessee, then they go to Florida at home versus Auburn, at home versus Vandy, and then they got to go on the road to Arkansas and, and into the Must Bus, Eric Musselman, the Must Bus. Yeah, but that's a I tough mean, stretch. Yeah, I big one tonight against Mississippi State. Definitely needed that after like kind of bounce back after. I mean the Arkansas loss that they had. I mean it's not not bad to lose to Arkansas, but mm-hmm. to lose to them by fifteen at home, not great. You probably like that one to be a little closer. And the Georgia loss was a killer. I feel like. Yeah, I would agree. But, so I feel like they definitely really needed this Mississippi State game tonight to kind of get everything back on track, back on the rails. But and what do we like? What do you think is just the deal with this team? I mean. You look at the roster, like, on paper, they should be a good team. You know, you got Coach Cal, uh, but, you know, on paper, I mean, they have Sheway. Like, is is he not playing up to those expectations that he set last year, you know? Or is or just, like, you know, what do you think's going on with Kentucky? I mean, I, 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 it's, it's tough with Sheway. I mean, you always, like, when, when the National Player of the Year comes back to, to school – it's always going to be tough. I mean, he's still averaging 16 and 13. Like, yeah, it's, it, by no means isn't it bad. It's just he doesn't, he doesn't have those those 22-point or 22-rebound games that he had last year, you know? Yeah, and I was going to say, what was he even averaging like last year? Some, like, something crazy. I mean, he, they, he got him basically, you know, he got him to a two-seat. I mean, we all know how that ended up with the St. Peter's Peacocks and Dougie D. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. see, he averaged – 17 and a half and 15 last year. So, I mean, like, like you said, 16 and 13 isn't bad by yeah, any means. Exactly. But it just, it just feels like he hasn't had as much as an impact, even though his stat line is virtually the same. It's just, you know, watching those games, I just feel like, you know, where's Oscar Shibway sometimes? It just feels like he doesn't have that, you know, takeover game, you know, like he would he, last year that he had last year. Exactly. Yeah, so let's see. Tonight he had uh, looks like 
18 and 11. So pretty solid game tonight. Very uh, solid game, yeah. Didn't get a chance to watch that, but. Me neither, unfortunately. I mean, like, if you look at it, like, just looking at it tonight, uh, looking at this box score, there was, what, 14, 22 total minutes off the bench for them. Like, I feel like it's kind of like they got uh, their starting lineup of Top and Livingston, Shibway, Wallace, and Reeves, and no one's really else is coming off the bench. Uh, is Frederick hurt? Is CJ Frederick hurt? Is that uh, he wasn't playing? Um, let me take a look, actually. Because I know he's been uh, – yeah, so, so Wheeler and Frederick were out tonight. Uh, so, I mean, I guess that, that um, kind of leads to them not really going up off the bench very much, uh, losing Frederick, who's a, who's a starter, and Wheeler, who uh, has kind of bounced in and out of the starting spot, but is still a big rotation player. Uh when he doesn't play or when he doesn't start. But, yeah, they have been kind of a mystery team, too. This feels a, a little bit like uh, the COVID year 21 when it seemed like all, almost all the Blue Bloods were, were not up to par with what yeah. they're usually at. Yeah. I feel like, the, it, in a way, the, you know, the tides are kind of changing. And, you know, as a fan of Blue Blood, it's – it's kind of tough to tough to grasp and tough to admit, but it's you know UNC they won the national championship last year, but their their regular season wasn't too great. Kentucky had a you know a pretty solid you know regular season, got the two seed, you know got bounced first round by St. Peter's. Duke last year, the, the two years before that weren't weren't good. I mean we missed the tournament one of those one of those years. With uh, Cash Stanley, you know DJ Stewart that year, yeah. Um, you know Villanova is not very good at all this year. No. Um, Kansas, you know, obviously they're still up there. You know, Bill Self has got that program still running. I think you know better than than those previous years when you know they were kind of I wouldn't say bottom tier of the of the Blue Bloods, but you know not not up to. Those other ones, you know, the Villanovas, the Dukes, the UNCs, they they weren't, they were very still a very good basketball team, but not all the way. You know, you weren't saying, "Oh, Kansas national championship contender," yeah. kind of, you know, elite eight, you know, that kind of that kind of range. Yeah, I do. I do feel like Kansas has kind of gotten back to where they were probably like. I don't know what you'd say, like 10, 15 years ago, maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah, 100%. You know, like the Mario Chalmers years. Yeah. And Paul Pierce. They're back to being like an annual national title contender. I mean, ever since that, I mean, the 2020 season, I I felt most confident in them winning a national title that year. Uh, yeah. And so, I mean, I, then they uh, – obviously win last year and then they're right back in the thick of things this year. So, I mean, but other than that, like we said, blue bloods have not been really playing up to their potential. And I kind of want to talk, I don't like playing this game a lot, but especially for Carolina, even Kentucky too, a little bit. If they had a different name on their Jersey, would they be like in the last four in, in the first four out? 
that area or would they not even even be considered? You know, yeah, you do make a great point there. Uh, I think let me pull it up here. I, I believe like Lenardi still has um he has North Carolina right now uh playing the playing game against Mississippi State for an eleven seed to play St. Mary's six seed. But yeah, no that that that's that makes sense. You know, you if you just pick another ACC team that's sixteen and ten that doesn't have North Carolina on their jersey, are they going? Are they up there? You know, are they making the tournament? And you know, with Duke this year, I mean, we're not a great great basketball team, but I I do think that having you know D U K E on the jersey definitely helps. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you can't say the same for Kansas this year because they're very good, you know, yeah, they're, they're just one seed. Yeah. But, like, yeah, Villanova this year, you know, that, that kind of – same with Kansas. I mean, they're just they're just not, not a good basketball team this year. And, you know, all, you know, Villanova across your jersey can only take you so far. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like it kind of helps you when you're on the fringe. Yeah, I, I would I would agree. Yeah, like, like the UNCs. I mean, even Duke, like, if we don't – if we don't, you know – keep playing well that's that's gonna hurt us yeah all right um, do you wanna or you I, I, just, I just have one quick thing i want to say it's it's about a bad it's about a team okay i they were in the missouri valley at one point um me as a you know growing up i'm a, i was a, i was a, i was a big doug mcdermott fan you know when he got drafted to the bulls i was i was very happy that didn't turn out very well unfortunately <laughs> We all know how that went. You know, Dougie D's not doing the best. Okay, we'll just say that. We'll keep it at that. Yeah. But yeah. so Creighton, okay, they're 17 and 9, third in the Big East. Greg McDermott is, I think, a top, is an upper tier coach in college basketball and has been for some time. Um, but why why are they not why are they not good? Why are they not winning these games? I mean, the Providence game last night went to two overtimes. But like I feel like whenever I turn on my TV and I'm watching Creighton basketball, I just feel like they're they're losing it. And I watch them and I'm like, this is a good basketball team. I mean, you have good players. You have, you know, Ryan Kalkbrenner, Bailey Shireman, uh, Ryan Nemhard, and, and Kaluma. Like those are those are four solid guys. And I feel like they should be a good team. And I I don't understand why they not why they aren't. I mean, they did go through uh, – they had that – I think it was like five or six-game stretch where they just looked pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I maybe Kalkbrenner was hurt during that. Yeah, Kalkbrenner uh, yeah, was out for that, um, which, like, that kind of hurts the record. Exactly. Uh, he, yeah. was, he was out for a couple of – I can't remember exactly which ones. He was there for Yeah, so they won they a six-game skid. I mean, yeah. two of those losses were to 14-ranked Arizona and, and second-ranked Texas. So those, you know – Understandable losses, yeah. By no means, you like you know you should have won that game. They are winnable games, but it's like okay, not a bad loss there. But then I you, think you lose to Nebraska, BYU, Arizona State, and you know Mark. Yeah, the the Nebraska, BYU, Arizona State are the three that I would have been a lot more concerned about. Uh, but I mean, looking at it, until last night, they won their last eight games. Mm-hmm. I mean, you get you, you did get some of the kind of a easier part of the Big East schedule with 
Um, I mean that that win against Xavier is pretty good. A pretty good win. Yeah, yeah, they played very well that night. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like you had, I hate to say it, but you had Butler, who is a uh, is kind of on the easier side of of the schedule right now. I mean, not right now. They've been playing a lot better the last couple games, but uh, they caught us at a pretty bad time then. Uh, St. John's, who is kind of hit or miss, but mostly miss. Mm -hmm. Uh, Georgetown, Nova, Seton Hall is kind of on that borderline if they're good or not. Uh, But big win against UConn. But uh, let me see where they're at in the Big East standings. So they're 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 technically tied for third at the moment. Uh, Xavier, Providence, and Creighton are all one and a half games back of Marquette for the for the one for the first seed. So, so they're all tied for second. Yeah, uh, ESPN has them as uh, sitting at. They did have them sitting at third. Uh, there must have been some some games that went on tonight. Like yep, the Marquette game that uh, when I was jotting all my notes down. For this, this uh, they had him as third in the big, the the Big East, so that they are second with uh, Providence and Xavier. Yeah, so I mean, they'll definitely get uh, get one of those, uh, get a buy for the. I mean, they they should probably they're up. Yeah, two, exactly. Two yeah. Games on a uh, Seton Hall, but and they, I mean, like yeah, the St. John's game, you know, the Marquette game's gonna. I'm not gonna count out the Blue Jays in that. Um, you know, Nova, Georgetown, and DePaul. I I think they could. I think if you go four and one in that, you're 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 one hundred percent good for that for that buy. Uh, but but I think that Marquette game is a very winnable game for the Blue Jays. And I think if they had any level of depth at all, yeah, they I, could yeah. they could be one of the best. Like I think their starting five is awesome. Uh, it's just. What are you getting off the bench? The the addition of, of Shireman is was huge. Is huge. And I've said this and if if Bailey Shireman found his way to wear a Duke basketball uniform, I would be eternally grateful. I mean I feel like he <laughs> he's just a player that I would love to root for. And I, I do root for, but he's a player I'd love to root for on my team, you know. Does he have any eligibility left after this year? That is a great question that I do not know the answer to, but I believe um, he didn't he transfer for, from uh, South Dakota State. Yeah, yeah, he was at. Yeah, South I Dakota remember State. watching him at uh, Carver Arena. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, r- real quick, I just I want to go back to to bracketology real quick, um, yeah. and selection Sunday. So I just I wrote down some uh, some of my dark horses, you know, teams that you would not want to play in the tournament, and then some of my uh, some of my frauds. Okay, let's hear. So some of my dark horses here. Uh, I just want to get your opinion. I'll, I'll list them out, and then you can you can nitpick here and uh, let me know what you think. So my dark horses I have I have Clemson, Indiana, Miami, Oral Roberts. And I don't have them written down, but I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw Creighton in there. I I don't know why I'm very high on Creighton at the moment, but I'm a, I'm a Blue Jay. Um, so th- those are my dark horses right now. So we'll start with those. Do you have any additions? You want to take any away? Comment on anything? What What are your thoughts? Uh, I know we just talked about them, but I love the Creighton pick. 
I I think they're gonna. They're they're a team that you don't want to match up with in in March. I think I think they could easily make a pretty good run. Where does where do uh, where does Lenardi have them right now? Uh, let me check real quick. Um, come on, Joe. Where are they at? Where are they at, Joe? He has them as a, as a five seed. Uh, playing Liberty, the 12th seed. So, 5 12 seed. Who, he, who would he have been playing in, uh, as the four seed in that pod? The Hoosiers. That, that'd be a great game. That would be an awesome game. Kalkbrenner against TJD. Trace Jackson uh, Davis, yeah. Uh, then you got... Yeah, and like, you know, Indiana, another one of my dark horses. Like, that'd be... Yeah, I don't I think, think you want to play either of these those teams in the Sweet Sixteen, you know, assuming they get there. Yeah, I think the thing about Indiana, um, I kind of mentioned this before a little bit. I just want them to kind of prove it on the road a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they did pull out a win against Michigan this weekend on the road, uh, but kind of snuck out of Ann Arbor with one there. But I mean, they've had. They've had some tough ones on the road. Obviously, they didn't have a tough time with Illinois on the road for some reason, just because that's how I feel it works out sometimes. But yeah. looking at their looking at some of their road losses, Maryland by eleven. I mean, Maryland's a good team, but I feel like IU should have kept that one a little closer. Penn State by almost twenty. Uh, so now they have two losses to Northwestern. One at home and one away. So, and I guess, like, to make an addition, I think Northwestern, honestly, is a team that I would be very scared to play against. Yeah. No, I, yeah, they're, they're one of those teams that I feel like in March, if you see them, you know, near your, you're, if you're looking to make a run as like a one, two, three, or four seed, and you see, you know, the Northwestern, and you're like, I would, I would love to avoid that matchup there. Yeah, I mean, you got Bowie and Audige who can go off at any any time. Uh, they got some solid bigs that are pretty much just good enough with Baran and Nicholson. Uh, and then their defense this year has been absurd. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up. Where they're at. Yeah, they got the – for Ken Baum, they have the 23rd best defense in the country. Uh, so like kind of lacking on the offensive end a little bit. Still have some, but that cars. but that to me feels like Northwestern basketball. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But yeah, I mean like they have two two guards who are capable of going off, which in the tournament that's all you need. Really is. I mean everyone knows guards run the tournament. Uh, yeah. I can't remember the last uh, national championship national champion that didn't have good guards. Yeah. Like, it just – you can get away without having a great big man, but you can't get away without having good guards. Exactly. Someone, like, to, to set, set the flow of the offense, you know, just run everything through them. Yeah. But, um, uh, so I – Go my, with your frauds? Yeah, my frauds right here real quick. Um, I have the Hawkeyes of Iowa. Just 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 a gut feeling. You know, I just feel like Iowa doesn't get it done in the tournament and that's just judging off, you know, past history. 
and my try and put bias away, but my maybe incredibly huge, but we'll call it slight hatred for Iowa. We'll, <laughs> we'll keep it at that. Um, but UConn, you know, they, they, they're another one of my frauds here. They were, you know, it feels like not too long ago, they were, they were top of the, you know, top of the, co- you know, college basketball world nation. But I just feel like they're trending downward. So that's, that's why they're on my frauds list. And then I have one more here. And that is the uh, the Pitt Panthers. Uh, you know, as an ACC guy, I they did beat Duke, unfortunately, uh, but we got them back. But right now, you know, Lenardi has them as has them as a nine seed, and I just feel like that's very generous. But you know, that's just my my gut reaction. You know, just I just feel like the they're just not too strong of a team that that can that can go anywhere in March. Yeah, I will uh, back up your Iowa statement with a little stat that I found. Absolutely, I, I'm uh, I'm a I'm a huge numbers guy. You know me, and I, I would love they, to hear some stats. The Hawkeyes have not made it to the second weekend since 1999, so history is on the side of them not making that, the run. See that that feels like I I love that stat, but that feels <laughs> like it should not be. A thing, you know, you know what I mean. It should be. Yeah, that is a long time. And Iowa is in a Power Five conference. They've had, I mean, you had the National Player of the Year, Luke Garza, not too long ago. And then one who top uh, four, uh, number four pick overall, Keegan Murray. Yeah. Uh, was he was he Big Ten Player of the Year? Or did Johnny? I Davis think it was Johnny Davis. That? I believe it was Johnny Davis. I I think I think you're right. Yeah, I, but I mean, any other year he would have got. I mean, you could probably argue that he. He probably should have gotten it over Johnny Davis. But, uh, I mean, yeah, you got Luca Garza, National Player of the Year, Keegan Murray, top four pick, and you can't even make it to the second weekend. Yeah. So, it's kind of one of those, I'll believe it when I see it type things. Like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, which, hopefully, for our sake, we never see it. <laughs> uh the UConn one is the one I want to talk about the most. I sneakily agree with you. Okay. And kind of going off what you said before with uh, UConn just going on this kind of crazy run to start the year where it just felt like they were – like every game, even against like good teams. Like they played Alabama earlier this year, one by 15. They played at Florida, one by 20. Uh, I mean, they then, started 13 and out. Yeah, and then they kind of hit that little skid. They've been playing a little better late. Obviously, lost the Creighton this weekend, like we mentioned before. But, uh, I mean, this isn't the way you want to go into the tournament, if that kind of no. makes sense. I mean, I to, to go back to, to, to UNC, you know, they, they just started playing their best basketball at the right time, and it just feels like, uh, UConn played their played their best basketball. I mean, obviously, it's it's still it's still early, you know, for yeah. March and everything. But it just feels like they they played their best basketball at the beginning of the year, which isn't a bad thing. If but if you don't continue it, and you know, I, I maybe teams have started to figure them out, or if they're you know just mentally you're not in it. 
that could be it. But you know, like you said, they started thirteen and zero, and right now they're they're sitting at six in the Big East. Yeah, I mean, you got you got probably the best big man, big men like, duo. Yeah, between Sonogo and Klingon, which is just like absurd that you're bringing him. I mean, yeah, Sonogo is averaging 17.2 points a game. I mean, I feel like he just is a beast. Yeah, I mean, uh, Karabin is a freshman kid shooter. Uh, Probably need him to step up a little bit more. I mean, he's shooting 40% from three, which I good looks all the time because, I mean, you got Sonogo there. Andre Jackson, I feel like, is there, like, kind of x-factor type person where like Mm -hmm. if he like if he plays good they'll win if he doesn't they won't yeah it kind of like they can get around sanogo having a bad night but i feel like when when jackson has had bad nights they have not been good and uh just like from watching some of their games obviously working for a big east team i the big big time which I grew up in in the Big East are the two leagues that I follow the most. Yeah. But uh that's kind of something I noticed. Like it all kind of depends on Andre Jackson. But I do I do kind of I agree with you on that one that I think this could turn into kind of a fraud team, which if you would have told me that in December, I would have thought you were crazy. Exactly. Which, yeah. The the way they were playing, you know, start of the year was was like, okay, you know, UConn, wow, did not, you know, didn't really see it coming. I mean, last year they, they weren't a bad team by any means. They were, they were a pretty good team. You know, that's no go last year still. Um, but, yeah, it's just can this team get get done in March? And I just, I just feel like they're beatable. And, you know, I, let me uh, check real quick and see what Lunardi has them at. I think it's a five seed. Yeah, it's a five seed. You know, there. I don't. I don't know the stats, but I. But I feel like I remember there being at least one five twelve upset. Uh, every year in the tournament for. I can remember at least. I mean, I know I always have at least one in my bracket, but. I just feel like if if you're a twelve seed and you get matched up with UConn, it's just like okay, this this might be, this is a winnable game. This is something that we can look positively on, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's it's really interesting that UConn, that, that Lenardi has them as a five seed because, I mean, they always talk about the selection committee looks at, like, net rankings and Ken Palm, like, all the time. And Ken Palm has them at six, and the net has them at eight. And for them to – for Lenardi to still have them as a five, I think he kind of agrees with you too that they yeah. might be kind of a fraud. And he, he has them trending down from the last time he uh, he made the bracket. I don't know uh, when he updated it, but he does have them trending down. So I'm sh- sure he had them as a three or four. I th- he might do I, – I believe it is like weekly, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But, I mean, They'll probably go into the end end of the year pretty hot. Yeah, um, I mean they're only they're they don't only have game too tough as of a schedule going on. I mean, obviously that Providence game is going to be a barn burner. Um, but yeah, like Seton Hall should be a win. St. John's, like you said, is either up or down. And then you finish it out with DePaul and Villanova. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they're going to have another quad one game the rest of the 
of the year. Maybe Villanova could count being on the road, but uh, I mean, it's pretty easy schedule for them maybe to kind of get right a little bit going into uh, the Big East tournament. Like they already played Creighton twice, already played Xavier twice, already played Marquette twice. So they kind of got those ones out of the way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of take a couple weeks to get everything back in check and then see how things go in the tournament. Yeah. Um, so do you wanna do you wanna move on real quick to the uh, to the Big Ten and you know what what the Big Ten teams are are gonna look like in uh, come come March come tournament time? Let's do it. And, and historic, you know, historically, I guess for the past couple of years, you know, Big Ten teams haven't done too well in the tournament. Like they 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 always feel like they have you know one or a two or three or four you know multiple of those seeds. But they haven't done too well. Um, but do you think that will change this year? I, it feels kind of weird because I feel like, like we kind of mentioned this before, it's kind of Purdue and everyone else right now in terms of at least the standings. Uh, but I think you got a lot of good teams in the Big Ten and a lot of teams that I feel like I mean, it's still one of the most physical leagues and one of the most defensive. Yeah, and, and while, while you're talking about that real quick, I just want to um, – I feel like it's it's always always a uh, – a you know, you notice it. You know, the, the Big Ten, they, they play a different, different brand of basketball. You know, it's just kind of a hard-nosed, you know, take take the charge, you know, help your team up, you know, that kind of basketball. And, you know, I just – it, it – it kind of plays differently come tournament time. You know, when you, you play against, you know, you beat yourself up against those big 10 teams and then you come tournament time and you're like, Oh, you know, I'm not playing a big 10 team. You know, it's just, it's a different brand of basketball than the big 10 plays. And it's just like, sometimes it, it gets thrown off, you know? Yeah. And then you're, you're like you said, you're not playing a big 10 team. You're playing like a big 12 team. Yeah, or exactly. Something, and you're playing with ACC reps. Yes. And yes. Then foul calls start to come up yes. pretty quick, and they're they're the level of foul calls. You know, like you said, you know, ACC versus you know, you know the big the Big Ten refs. And I, re- you know, really quick, I just want to go on this quick little rant here while we're talking about the ACC refs. Uh, I feel like my 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 Blue Devils got through. Um, there was a. Filipowski dunk layup at the end of the game where there was not a foul called because it was deemed that the foul was after, you know, the clock. And uh, ACC refs actually came out and said that there indeed was a foul. And it went to overtime. Duke ended up losing, but it was a tie game, 58-58. And Filipowski would have got sent to the line. Very, very good free throw shooter. You know, all you gotta do is make one, and I just just wanted to put that on the record that that uh, I'm pretty bugged about that. It was tough one. I would have loved to have that at Virginia win on my Blue Devils resume. That would have been great, but that's just my my little my little side. Let's head back to the Big Ten. 
you know, sometimes you got to get those ones out of the way a little bit. Get, yeah, it just get that it one came my off your you know, I just felt like it needed to be said. I had had it written down, uh, but on my system, let's let's head back to the Big Ten. Speaking of the Big Ten, and speaking of a game we were talking about a little earlier that just went final, Northwestern is now alone in second place in the Big Ten. Which that, is... that, feel, that feels backwards. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> that, Usually that you're used to seeing Big all. Ten at the bottom, you know, bottom tier of Big Ten. Yeah. And, I mean, they – let's see. I would also they like only... to add the, the Big Ten commercial with, you know, they're on the map and they're showing all the, all the, all the colleges and the college towns pop up, that commercial – is one of my favorite things to watch in the entire world. I it brings me so much joy. <laughs> just just need to add that as well. It a lot of stuff's come to my mind right now, and it just that that was just neat. I watched it during the the Indiana Northwestern game, and I was like, I mental note need to need to add this. Do you get Big Ten Network out there? I do. Yes. Yeah, it, that is to get a little off topic. That is one of the the top. Top commercials of all time. It's, I don't know what it, it is. Seriously, is it. it's. I feel like if you put it on the Super Bowl, it would it would be top tier on my list of Super Bowl commercials. <laughs> and it, it is it is just the small. It's something about it. I don't know why, but it is just watch. And I make sure whenever I see that commercial to stop whatever I'm doing at the moment while I'm watching. You know commercial break and I watch that commercial because I just enjoy it so much. That is a fantastic one. Uh, back on track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're on a little side note there. Gotta go back on track. You know what happens. What happens. It but does. Uh, Northwestern has pretty much uh, I don't know. I mean they're only a game up on IU, a game and a half up on the four-team tie for fourth place with Illinois, Maryland, Iowa, Michigan State. That, uh, and then you got Rutgers and Michigan are only half game back in that yeah. mess. The, the battle for that fourth spot yes, for the double bye is going to be crazy in the last couple weeks of the year. I would agree, yeah. And let me look at Illinois' schedule real quick. So they uh, go – at Indiana, Minnesota, we talked about it already, but Minnesota, Northwestern, at Ohio State, Michigan, and then at Purdue. Uh, I would say, you know, I haven't looked at the other team schedules, but that's that's not an easy road. Um, you know, yeah. the Indiana game will be a tough one. I think Illinois can can pull it out, even though it's at Indiana, like we said. Indiana is is, is good at home. But you know that that battle for that fourth seed is is going to be is going to come down to you know the last game of the season. Yeah, I I agree. I think it's it will like you said will not be determined until the end of the year. I think there's so much stuff that could happen. I mean, looking at like Northwestern's schedule, for example, they don't play the the worst team they play on Ken Palm the last five games of the year is Penn State at 49. So, I mean, they they got Iowa at home, Illinois on the road, Maryland on the road, Penn State at home, Rutgers on the road. 
it's like it's not inconceivable for them to go zero and five, and then at the yeah. same time, it's not inconceivable for them to go five and out. Yeah, that's, that's just kind of how just, it is. That's just how it is in a Power Five conference, especially the Big Ten, where everyone's just hodgepodge together. And you know, on any on any given night, I mean, Minnesota, the last ranked team in the Big Ten. I would not count them out to beat, you know, a Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland. You know, it's just – that's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, Penn State – or not Penn State. Um, Purdue is – barring something miraculous is going to win the Big Ten championship. Yes. But, I mean, everyone else is just – could go. It will definitely be very interesting to see how that all ends up. What I wanted to talk to you also about is uh, some of the bubble teams in the Big Ten. Okay. So I think the, the three main bubble teams, I'd say, that kind of are like the don't know if they're in or out, I think Northwestern obviously has kind of started to solidify themselves yeah. as being off the bubble. Uh, the three teams that I'm most interested in in terms of the bubble are Michigan, Wisconsin, and Penn State. And I think, I think almost all three of these teams are probably on the outside looking in right now. Which for obviously for Penn State is not surprising, but for Michigan, with what they were expected to do this year, yeah, very, very surprising. So, so I had Michigan. The, those out of those three, Michigan was the only team that I did have that was would be a tournament team. Uh, I did not have Wisconsin or Penn State. Um, I and just, I think I think Penn State's like hanging on by a thread right now. Today. Yes, yes. Uh, Wisconsin's got a little more of of rope hanging on, you know. Yeah. But they are they they have to play some good basketball coming down the stretch. If you know, I guess and the the Big Ten tournament to uh, to to be a tournament team. Yeah, uh, let's take a look at what they got the rest of the year. Uh, so Wisconsin's got Rutgers at home, Iowa at home, Michigan on the road, Purdue at home, and Minnesota on the road. So, I mean, another brutal stretch. Not yeah, they're going to have to play but... some good basketball. My guy Chucky Hepburn's going to have to going to have to play well. Um, I mean that that Purdue game. I'm I'm going to just go out and limb here and say that Purdue is going to win that game, even though I already said that any team can beat any other team on any given night. But I just I just don't know about it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really. Happen. I don't really trust Stephen Crowell against Zach Eady too. Much. Yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> Zach Eady will have probably twenty five and fifteen in that game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what's new? <laughs> exactly. You know. Uh, but yeah, yeah. No, that that Rutgers game gonna be tough. They, they did pick up a nice win against Michigan in their last game. That definitely helps out. Um, the Iowa game, obviously gonna be a, gonna be a tough one. Could go either way. Even though Iowa is is a fraud, but it could go either way. Then they go at Michigan again. Yeah, that's you know it'll be different. Obviously, you know playing at home is gonna be different. You know, versus going on the road, so that that'll be another close one. So they're gonna have to play some good basketball if they want to solidify themselves as like getting an at-large bid. Yeah, I think 
I think it's going to be tough for all three of those teams to sneak in. But you know what? They all got great uh, schedules to end the year to give them a lot of opportunities to get some exactly, resume yeah. builders. Something good on the, yes, resume builders. I was about to say, yeah. All right. Um, um, yeah, do you want to you move on to the Valley Talk? I would love to. I mean, this is something that uh, is near and dear to our hearts. Absolutely. Being from central Illinois. Uh, there's just something about the Valley that gets the blood pumping a little harder. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you got Drake and Bradley right now, and then SIU a half game back. Uh, Bradley won tonight, right? They did win tonight. They're on a seven-game win streak. Jeez. Yeah, they've been playing real good ball of late. They I mean, have. They, they, they got a – and their next game is against Southern Illinois, who is they're, they're one game back out of the uh, out of the out of the two seed. Um, Southern Illinois, Bradley picked up a good win against them at home, ten point win. That's uh, that's that's something good. You know, Bradley needs to uh, roll into that Valley tournament time. But yeah, Bradley's playing great basketball. Drake is too as well. Um, yeah, I feel they like they picked one up at Northern Iowa tonight. Yes. Um, but yeah, the Bradley's playing good basketball right now, and that's that's partly due to my my guy Rank Mast. I mean, he is he's just doing it all right now. He's averaging fourteen points a game. I mean, like you know, he's just he's doing it all for the Braves. He's just that. Yeah. That that guy that you tonight. can you know rely on to to you know carry the team. And I think uh, having uh, Tashawn coming off the bench now, I think people are kind of kind of wondering how that was going to work out. Yeah, with dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff. But and and he's season. I mean so is Rank, but Deshaun's the veteran of that team. Yeah. I mean, he had those experiences with the, with the, his freshman year with the tournament against uh, against Michigan, Michigan State. State. You know, uh, with with Daryl Brown and uh, Elijah Childs and uh, D'Lo. Like he has that experience. He has that tournament experience. And you know, then they would have gone back again the sophomore. Exactly. Yep. The sophomore year. Yeah. Beat Valparaiso in the uh, Valley Championship game. Like he he has that champion, you know, veteran leadership, and he's come off the bench, which uh, it I would assume is a very hard role for him, you know, being, you know, that guy that's been there for so long, and then, you know, you get benched. But yeah. I think he's done a very good job, you know, just being that selfless guy, you know, say, hey, all right, I'm going to take one for the team here. If this is, helps the team the best, you know, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I mean, now Bradley's up to 20 wins on the year. Uh, but the the funny thing about it, too, is that, like, for a conference like the Valley, none of this really matters too much. I mean, it's nice yes. to kind of hang a banner and stuff, but mm-hmm. it's all about the conference tournament. Yeah, who's going to who's gonna win that automatic bid in the, in the conference championship time? Yeah, so, I mean, but obviously what this does matter for is seeding and such, so. Uh, you do have looking at it, uh, 
both teams, if you're looking at the two teams tied first with Drake and Bradley, they both kind of have one test left before they play each other for the last game of the year. Uh, Drake has uh, Belmont at home, who's a good team, kind kind of been uh, slipping a little bit of late. Yeah, and I think they're like one or two games back out of the – Let's see. You know, they're they're one game back. Their tie was Southern Illinois and uh, Indiana State Sycamores. Yeah. So let's see. Uh, Belmont, Belmont, Belmont. Yeah. So maybe took care of business tonight against Evansville. Uh, Good friend, uh, Coach Raglan. Coach Rags is the head coach over there now. He was an assistant at Butler last year. Uh, He obviously took over. tough situation down at Evansville, but uh, hoping he can get that turned around. But, but uh, getting back on topic, pretty easy one for Belmont tonight. But uh, uh, on Sunday, uh, so that, that's probably Drake's last big test until uh, playing Bradley in Peoria, last game of the year. Uh, and then on Sunday also, uh, Bradley's got SIU, who's again right in the thick of everything. So Sunday will kind of determine if this will be a two-team race or a four-team race. Yeah, and I, I feel like that Bradley Drake game uh, last game of the season, like you said at Peoria, could be the could be the final game. You know, determining who you know wins that regular season Valley Championship. You know, who's who's that sole one seed? Unless yeah. you know, obviously, you know, they, there's more games to be played, obviously. But I feel like that it kind of very well be in that that last game. Yeah, it's looking like it's going to be kind of like a de facto Missouri Valley regular season championship, uh, which I think is going to be a good game. Yeah. Uh, obviously, one in Des Moines in January, uh, but that gotten hot. Like we said, what seven game win streak? Bradley. Uh, yeah. Yeah, seven game win streak. They were on a six, and they won the night, so seven games, yep. Yep, uh, kind of but, a easier schedule as of late, but, I mean, like we like we kind of said with UConn at the same time. I mean, they had Southern Illinois in there, too, that they beat, but uh, sometimes it's nice to get a little bit of easier part of your schedule and kind of get everything figured out, and now, uh, now they got a chance to close it out with two big ones in the next week and a half with SIU and Drake. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you want to wrap it up here with uh, some like preview of the weekend? Let's do it. Uh, I mean the big the big games that I've been circling uh, this weekend. You got to go, obviously the big one, Baylor at Kansas yep. on Saturday. I had that one on my list as well. Uh, that one's going to be uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal game. It, it was last afternoon. time. It lived, lived to the hype, and I think it will be. It's going to be. Uh, It'll be uh, at Kansas, correct? Yeah, at it Kansas. was in Waco last time, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And we'll, I always love those Saturday afternoon Big Twelve games. Saturday yeah. night Big Twelve games. They're, those are yeah, always they're the best. Always great games. Uh, I I Tennessee. also had. Go, yeah, go ahead. ahead. I I also had. Uh, I I mean, I have five games. I just I'll just read one off. I had Iowa State, Kansas State. Yeah, that's kind of an underrated one. I mean, Kansas State's kind of been slipping a little bit as of late. Lost four of their last five. I mean, obviously, when you're playing Kansas, Texas, 
Texas Tech and Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, especially Kansas and Texas. Those are going to be tough ones, but a uh, tough one uh, on Saturday in Lubbock. Probably wanted to get that one. Uh, but yeah, that Iowa State game, I mean, that's kind of a chance again to kind of, I mean, not to say Iowa State's a get right game by any means, but you got them at home. Hopefully they can pull that one out for their sake and kind of get this thing back on the right track going into the. Mm-hmm. So, going into yeah, the Iowa State beat them by four last time they played. Uh, in Ames? Yes. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be one they kind of need to get to right the ship a little bit. Uh, yeah. Let me just round off these, these last three. It's uh, like so Illinois versus Indiana. You know, gonna be yeah. we already touched base on it pretty well. Just gonna be a good game. Y'all gonna mean a lot as well. You know, like we said for that for that that buy. Uh, then I had Tennessee, Kentucky. Yep. Even though Kentucky's going downhill in a way like we already talked about but it's it's Kentucky you know every team's gonna you know put put their best foot forward when they're gonna play Kentucky basketball even the even even if they haven't won a single game you know it's just you know you're playing Kentucky yeah my last one was just Creighton and St. John's that'll be a good one uh my kind of off off the beaten path one a little bit was uh BYU St. Mary's Yes. Uh, St. Mary's is an awesome team. I would agree. Uh, I think they're a definite – I mean, they obviously are like a definite at large if they don't uh, win the WCC. But uh, BYU has – they haven't quite got – like pulled out a win yet, but they played Gonzaga close at home. They played Gonzaga close on the road this weekend. And, and that's, kind of that's just, what I feel like. If, if you're in the West Coast Conference and you can play Gonzaga close, you know – you have, you're you're a good team. Yeah, and I think uh, who knows? Maybe maybe this is the one that they can pull out. It's on the road at St. Mary's, so uh, gonna be a tough one. But I did I did ones. almost have I almost had uh, the St. Mary's spread for my uh, my weekend bets. Uh, they were minus thirteen and a half. I'm still thinking about putting that on my list, but I did not at the moment when I was when I looked at it originally. But it is still. I'll be a game time decision on that one. <laughs> game time decision. Game time decision. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I always love those like ten o'clock start time for me out east. Uh, with the WCC games, they always find a way to be pretty entertaining for a late night Saturday game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Well, uh, this has been this has been good. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I thought we get you know touch base on some good topics. Well. Be back next Wednesday, you know, recap the week and then preview the next week. And, you know, we're getting close to Selection Sunday. It'll come up on us before we even know it. So, yeah, I mean, next week is the last week of the regular season for, uh, like, mid-majors and yep. low-majors. So, almost conference tournament season. Down to the wire, yep. Crazy, you know, but, we're, uh, we're getting into the thick of things right now. That's It's exciting and scary all at the same yeah, it. I would agree. Not not too ready for college basketball season to be over quite yet, but uh, not at I all. I mean, March Madness is always always March Madness is, is the best time of the year. Yeah. Uh, all right. Great episode. Uh, like like Adam said, we'll be back next Wednesday. Kind of touch base on what happens this week and 
preview the next one and uh, appreciate you listening and we'll see you next week. Absolutely, guys.